She was the second ever recipient of the Weiler Award for her efforts in exposing dolphin hunting in Japan. She has played either a cheerleader or a princess on six different occasions. She has a misspelled tattoo that is meant to say live without regrets in Italian. I'm Hope Carew. I'm Paige Smith. And this is History Duffs Presents Hayden Penetier Part 4. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> we should start titling each part. Oh, yeah. A subtitle, I mean. Well, I kind of did that in honor of Heroes, which we're covering today, because that's how they, they subtitle everything. They're like, chapter one. Oh. I didn't uh, Genesis. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me all about Heroes, and I can't wait. You just finished it I right can. now, didn't you? Uh-huh. And I can <laughs> wait. I can actually wait. So let's let's start where we really want to start, which is obviously... The Dust Factory. That's right. So uh, when you last heard us, we got through most of 2004. We ran out of time to talk about the best movie that came out that year, The Dust Factory. (laughs) Have you ever seen it, Hope, or do you know anything about it? So I started watching it, and then I checked, and I saw on the Google Doc that it was your favorite (laughs) movie, and I was like, I'm going to stop. So I watched part of it, was very confused, Mm -hmm. And then turned it off and was like, I'm just going to let Paige... I want Paige's version. Okay, okay, fair. That's fun. So I a little bit understand the universe that it takes place in. I'm a little bit like, huh? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would love... Yeah. Okay. I would love your version. Okay, yes. Let me give a little background on my relationship to The Dust Factory. Because this is one of those movies that was so formative to me as a child. But... I feel like nobody else has ever seen it or heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's like me and Summer of the Monkeys. I'm like, what do you mean you've never seen Summer of the Monkeys? I have no idea what Summer of the Monkeys is. I used to like pretend to be that girl, like from Summer of the Monkeys. Like I used to play Summer of the Monkeys. No, no, it's just me and my brother. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, love it. So yes, the Dust Factory is my Summer of the Monkeys. Um, (laughs) But let's take it back to like 2005, I think. I know the movie came out in 2004, but I think I discovered it in 2005. I was getting ready to celebrate my 10th birthday. and Happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) You never wished me a happy 10th birthday, so... I'm really sorry about that. Better late Double than digits never, is I a guess. big deal. It is. Two hands. Double digits. Um, I went to Blockbuster to get a couple of movies to watch with my friends because I was having a sleepover. The first movie we rented, or I rented, was Sleepover, obviously. <laughs> of course. Naturally. And then I was walking around with my mom trying to find another movie to watch, and I saw a DVD with Hayden Penetier on the cover. And I'm pretty sure I had already seen Ice Princess at this point, and I recognized her from Tiger Cruise. And I was like, what is this movie? I have no idea. So I rented it because of Hayden Panettiere. And we did not end up watching it at my 10th birthday party, but probably for good reason, because I watched it the next day all by myself, and my life was changed. (laughs) (laughs) I watched it. But do you... (laughs) Wait, does part of you wish that, like, you'd watched it with 
all your friends and that everyone's life was changed? Or are you glad that it was like just just you because you don't think they would have appreciated it the way that you did? I don't think, excuse me, I don't think I would have been as invested in it if like I was watching it with all my friends at my birthday party. I probably would have been like, is everybody else having fun? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know? that's, and I have to say sleepover perfect choice for a birthday party and then the morning after a birthday you start to get a little reflective yeah. right you're like I'm 10 now yeah if you want to have you like a mini existential movie. crisis yeah a 10 yeah. year old's existential crisis <laughs> right. watch the dust factory yeah wow okay um. I'm so excited but I I'm very this, this is like it this is like the way to your psyche then is through this movie a little bit maybe yeah maybe but I watched it the next day and I just kept watching it over and over and over again. And my mom tried to find this DVD for me so she could buy it so I could own it. And we couldn't find it anywhere. This was before Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it was a very like it was like a direct to DVD release. Like it yes. wasn't a big movie. Of course. So we ended up just keeping the blockbuster video <gasps> and she paid the fee or whatever for like a lost DVD. Smart. I mean, so we, actually, we did that. We've, we've done that many times in my family. Absolutely. Now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that's why no one has seen it but me. <laughs> they couldn't rent it from blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> that just occurred to me. I'm so sorry. You're you the reason you took it out of circulation. You were watching it so much and you weren't sharing. Imagine where Hayden would be. You weren't even returning it and and re-renting it, right? You weren't even just like... Right. Because you couldn't even go a weekend without it? Apparently not, no. I just loved it so much. <laughs> yeah. Was this like one of the movies that you would like write the script to as you watched? I probably did that with The Dust Factory, yeah. Did I tell you that I did that? I did that? You just guessed. No, I. you told me that and I was like, what? Because you said you, you told me that you did that for Camp Rock. Yeah, that's the one that sticks in my head. Like when you said that just now, I was like, I know I did that for Camp Rock, but I probably did it for other ones too. Maybe explain to others what it is in case they don't totally understand. I would just watch Camp Rock. It was, I mean, around the same time, I guess. Camp Rock, I was like 13 or 14, but I would just watch the movie. And did you mean for me to explain what I meant by writing? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. (laughs) Because that's what I'm doing. Yes. Um, I would just watch the movie and then like pause it and write it down in like a notebook like line by line (laughs) (laughs) nobody else did that I guess it is a weird thing to do well it's so cute because you're obviously like a writer and you work in television and you're like I it makes sense with with who you are and like but no I, I never did that I think that I just wanted to have the script like I wanted to be able to read it and so I just wrote it myself <laughs> very smart and so cute. Yeah. I wonder if your parents Thanks. watched you do that and thought, she's going to work in movies someday. I wonder. That's a good – That's a, looking back on my life, it's, like, so obvious that I ended up doing this. I never cared about anything else. You know what I mean? I'd go home from school and just, like, get on IMDb and, like, read facts <laughs> about movies. Um, okay, but anyway, so The Dust Factory. Basically, it's about a kid named Ryan who – suffered something very traumatic in his life and as a result he doesn't speak yeah okay I picked up on that you got that okay great (laughs) and he has a really awesome best friend played by Mike Langarano from Sky High Will Stronghold did you get to that part I I didn't realize I was like how do I know him 
Right. Yeah. Okay. So his bestie, Mike Lingrano, who's like so sweet and loves Ryan, even though they don't talk. Yeah. Like verbally, I mean. Yeah. Um, and there's one point where Ryan's cousins are in town because his grandma just passed away. And the cousins are like, does he ever talk? And Mike Langrano's like, why? Do you have trouble understanding him? And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like a really sweet bestie. I like that. And I like because um, he's almost like his translator in, in the world. Totally. Yeah. And like his protector. And he's like his defender. Exactly. He like, he really, he just looks out for him. Oh, that makes um, me so miss my bestie. Oh, <laughs> hope I'm right here. Oh, I just mean like, you know, my child, my childhood biffle. I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, so they go to the lake in town, and um, after an accident, Ryan falls in the water. Yeah, this was really stressful. He, like, it's fell really through, scary. like, train tracks. Yeah, he falls, like, off a bridge. He takes this old rickety bridge, and he falls off it and winds up in the water and is kind of, like, tumbling under the water. Mike Langrano's really stressed out and is, like, shouting out for him, but he doesn't know where he landed. Um, and then when Ryan comes up and breaks the surface of the water Michael Angarano has gone and he's all by himself and he's still he gets out of the water and he starts walking home and he's still in his hometown but it's like abandoned there's nobody there and he makes it home and he finds everybody gone but his grandfather who normally is like kind of comatose he is really old and is not really aware of his surroundings he doesn't talk he doesn't react to things Mm -hmm. Um, but now he's up he's cracking jokes he's like dancing around he's just like full of life again um and we basically they are in Purgatory, like a di- an alternate universe, kind of, yeah, kind of like a purgatory. They're like in between stages. Okay, you know. Okay, can I tell you what my experience watching this was, and probably why I turned it off? Absolutely, yeah. When he got out of the water and he couldn't find his friend, I was like, oh no, his friend went into the water looking for him. Mm-hmm. And now his friend is dead. Mm. And I thought the whole experience right. was more just like through his eyes of like freaking out. And like, I was like, maybe he can't. I... Yeah. And then I saw, and then I saw the grandpa and then I, right, and then I right. was like, maybe not. Uh, what? Yeah. And then I turned it off, but I was mm-hmm. very stressed that Will Strong was dead. Right. Is he okay? So that, yeah. I can put your mind at <sighs> ease. He's fine. He is just, yeah. Ryan's in this, like, in-between Okay, world, okay. Basically. Cool. So he's, like, um, so he's dead. Or he's struggling. He Not, no. Yeah, he's, like, in-between. They're, they're kind of in-between life and death, which you don't immediately, you realized. They didn't, like, immediately make it clear. I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do this on Grey's Anatomy. It's- Meredith <laughs> Grey go, does this sometimes. So you totally get it. Um, it's also we see the world the way that Ryan does but everybody that's in this like in between world sees everything differently so for example like when he sees his grandpa his grandpa's like in his room and when his grandpa goes to leave he walks into the closet and Ryan who by the way he can talk now because he's in this different world um yeah big twist he goes that's the closet and his grandpa goes not for me so everything, like, we only see the way that 
Ryan does, if that makes sense. Wait, but that's really that that points out a really interesting thing because yeah, because the grandpa's like for him, it's like it was a bathroom or, or a door or something. Like exactly, yeah. So, but they are sharing an actual space then. Yeah, they see each other. Also, another good example. So he, this is where he meets Hayden Penetier. And when Hayden Penetier came to this world, it was winter. But for Ryan, it's summer. So Hayden Penetier is always wearing like a scarf and a big coat. And she ice skates on the lake. But for Ryan, it's just a lake. Like he could swim in it if he wanted to. Oh, okay. So w- that's really interesting then because they are sharing a mm-hmm. physical space. As mm-hmm. well as a like dream space, but it's magical. Like a ma- yeah, but exactly. still, it's, it's like totally. It's magic. It's like yeah. whoa, though. That's interesting. <laughs> it's cool, right? I've never seen a movie like this, and I think that's a big reason why it had such a big impact on me as a kid, is because it was like unlike anything I'd ever seen before. And I also love when movies don't talk down to kids. I think we've talked about that a lot. But this movie, there's, like, a lot of themes of, like, grief Mm -hmm. and fear. And it handles them really, really well for, like, a young audience, I think. Oh, and I love that. We could talk forever about how important we think it is for, like, young audiences to have emotional content, like, or relatable content for them. Like, because young people go through a lot. Like, it... They really do. They really, really do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Hayden Panettiere and uh, her name is Melanie. Her character's name Melanie. So Melanie and Ryan, um, she takes him to this place called the Dust Factory. And in the Dust Factory, it basically looks like a circus tent. Oh, scary. Okay. okay. <laughs> it, get, it gets a little bit, it's very dreamy and very, you know, but stick with me. So it's a circus tent. And you go there when you've decided to move on basically okay so in order to move on to different states of being you have to perform a circus stunt no so there's it's just it's simple there's a person on a trapeze and you have to jump you take a take a leap of faith if you will and you catch onto the person like on this trapeze um and that's when you like move on to oh heaven, that's basically. everyone does the same circus trick yeah oh okay yeah. i did that is the that's the only thing that happens at this at the that's a lot to happen though factory. i mean that's for sure and then if you don't make it like if you fall um you turn in you turn into dust and you go back home wait you so you cannot make it and is that a good thing yeah. it depends um, so the longer you're in this, like, in-between world, the less you remember about your home. So Melanie has been there for a while. She doesn't remember anything about where she came from or anything okay. like that. Ryan is new there. He just got there, so he still remembers quite a bit. Okay. And so when you jump and you and you get caught by the acrobat or whatever, then what happens? Mm-hmm. You – they they – you like disappear they literally disappear and if you don't get caught you turn to dust you hit the ground and like and is it turn is it dust. dust dust or is it glitter dust 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 oh that sounds horrible yeah not the glamorous kind that sounds horrible 
I thought it was like pixie yeah, dust. And very scary. No, it's just like dust. And there's just like a pile of dust in the dust factory, like on the floor of the dust factory. And so it, okay, so does someone tell you about this? Like, how do you know about this? Melanie is the one that told Ryan when he first got there. She's like, have you been to the factory yet? And he says no. And she goes, oh, great. I get to take you. Like, it's a, I feel like it's kind of a rite of, like a rite of passage. Okay. So there's not like one host. It's like. Someone takes someone if they see them there. There is a scary guy, <laughs> like a ringmaster oh, no! at the dust factory. He doesn't talk, though, um, but he's creepy. And I, I rewatched this, like, last week so that I could talk about it, just, like, to see if there was anything I, you know, didn't remember. And I definitely didn't remember, like, this guy very well. But... um there's, I think, a lot of symbolism that went over my head as a kid because he, at one point, like, basically kidnaps Melanie and then Ryan has to, like, try to get her back. It's, yeah, and th- that went a little over my head um, even now. <laughs> I'm really not sure what that was, like, a metaphor for. Okay, so then what happens? I'm so, I'm in, I'm in. Tell me everything. Um, So they, Melanie really loves living in this world even though it's winter all the time and she just wants it to be warm like Olaf I guess she's kind of like oh so she does want it to be warm Um, she's not just like an ice skater she loves the heat but she can't she doesn't have seasons anymore it's always winter for her there's also they don't even have days forever winter when you're gone yeah (laughs) inspired that song was probably inspired by the dust factory Taylor Swift loves the dust Uh, factory she tells Ryan, like, if you ever decide to go back, tell me first. Like, it might change my mind if you if I knew you were leaving. Like, maybe I would leave, too. But she's really scared to go back because she doesn't remember where she came from. Aww. And they also don't really know. What's like, happening? Like, Ryan doesn't know that he's drowning, you know? They don't, So they don't remember what happened? Right. They. So he doesn't – he doesn't – really realize that he's like oh I'm drowning this must be purgatory like it's just he came up (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's like they they're operating with like not the full right they don't realize there's like a ticking clock about if if Melanie's really scared to to go um to go back because she doesn't remember anything yeah I'm also like sorry the options are disappearing and turning to dust Mm mm-hmm I Those are two bad options. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah, she's just really scared to, like, make that – take that leap. Um, so she's never done it. But I always thought that they didn't explicitly say, like, this is where you move on or you go back home. But she does. So they know that if you make the jump, you are moving on to whatever comes next. And if you miss it, then you, get, get like, go back home. They do know that. But go back home is the turning to dust. Yes. And then get, getting caught is death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then wouldn't you just try to not be caught? If you wanted to go back home. Right. Wouldn't wouldn't going back home be not dying? Well, they don't know that they're, like, dying. They just know that they're in this world now. But they know that – But don't sense. they think that – 
if they if they catch where they don't they think they're going to go to heaven, right? They just think that they're like moving on. They never said heaven. Moving on to where? <laughs> exactly. That's why Melanie's so okay. scared. She okay. wants she knows she's like this is what she knows. She wants to stay there forever. This is so intense. This is a movie about it is like intense. your soul. So jeez, young Paige, what was happening? <laughs> I I really I know this was really impactful for me. <laughs> okay, then what happens? So, uh, do you want me to like spoil the whole movie for yeah, you? Yeah, I, I really, really do. do. You want me to tell you everything? Okay. Well, they they hang out a lot with um with Grandpa, right? Who's really sweet and cute. Um, and Ryan has to give him the unfortunate news that his wife passed away, because in the real world he's like kind of out of right. it. And doesn't know what's going on. So he, you know, didn't realize that or whatever. He um, decides to make the jump. So the grandpa goes to heaven. Good. All grandpas go to heaven. <laughs> except for the Nazi grandpas, probably. Yes. Um, and Ryan basically leaves Melanie. He tells her, like, I'm, I'm, I need to go back home. Like, I, I feel like I am not... You know, I want to go back to Earth before I forget everything. And so they say goodbye, and it's really emotional. And he, when he goes... She doesn't go to... Back. Well, well, it's actually... So it's really intense when they're at the big top. Um, and he does the trapeze move or whatever. He, he catches the trapeze person. And then he's like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And he intentionally lets go that's what i was gonna say yeah and and becomes dust so that he can he can go back so he goes back home and when he gets back home mike lingarano's there and he's like still shouting ryan ryan it's like no time has passed right so he comes back up out of the lake or whatever and goes back home ryan is talking in the real world again so he's He's talking to Mike Lingrano and talking to his mom, and it's really emotional. Um, he he stopped talking because he watched his dad die. That's why he like went like was mute in the first place. Very very sad. Um, and then uh, he's hanging out with Mike Lingrano and and his cousins and stuff that are in town, and his stepdad. Um, <laughs> comes over to him and he's like oh the neighbors brought their daughter home like that's a girl you should get to know she's so like spunky and lively uh and (laughs) they go back to the lake back to the bridge that he fell off of in the first place mike lingarano encourages him to let go shoot his shot with this girl basically back on the bridge stay off (laughs) they go back to the bridge now that was foolish it's not a real bridge it's like it is made of like wood planks like it's yeah it's, <laughs> it's not meant to like be walked on anymore any, it's decrepit yeah. okay okay so goes back to bridge they, also he's on crutches at, like now you like, can't he's on crutch crutches, on that so he bridge. really this shouldn't is, be imagine on the like the bridge from uh what's that movie page with with the with the bridge like somebody like you <laughs> a, that the friendship movie with like Joaquin oh. Phoenix I don't think I know that. I don't think I know it's that one. It's not called that. It's it's like a famous movie oh. <laughs> that everyone knows except for me. The Joker? 
It's like from when he was like a, it was like Phoenix. when he was like a kid. Stand by me. Oh, by me. are you thinking of Stamp River Phoenix? River Phoenix. Yeah, Stand by me. Imagine the bridge okay. from Stand by me. And then yes. if a and hurricane had crutches. already hit it. <laughs> and then you're on crutches, so there's just nothing but rickety. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he goes and talks to this girl and obviously it's Hayden Penetine. Oh my god. So and so they they meet each other again in the real world. They don't remember each other, but they have like a connection. Of course. You know. So um, the question is, was what do you mean they brought her daughter home? Like, was she in a coma? She um, had an aneurysm. That was why she was in this in-between uh, place where she met Ryan. Oh, okay. So she, she was so having we like can a assume brain. That after, yeah, we can assume that after Ryan made the leap at the dust factory that she followed him. Oh. Wow. Yeah. It's really good. Sorry I spoiled it for everybody listening, but you should go watch it. Yeah, I mean they've had their they've had enough time to watch it, don't you say wouldn't you say? I that's true, but there's so much content out there, it's like you can't have watched everything, you know what I true, mean? True, true. But I like to think that people use the skip feature if they don't want to hear the spoiler. I sure hope that they do. And yeah, they they knew it was coming, so hopefully they've they've skipped everything they didn't want to hear. But yeah, that's the dust factory that obviously uh had a lasting impression on 10 year old Paige. <laughs> yeah really depressing though really 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 insane and intense that's crazy it's kind of like my girl vibes yeah oh man except it is it is a happier ending yeah thank god well hard to have a sadder yeah. ending than my girl so true I've never watched my girl because I just know it's gonna oh yeah me. don't don't absolutely don't do that have you ever seen Simon Birch? That's the saddest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Let's not talk about it. <laughs> Hayden Penetier is not in it, but everyone listening at home is like, They're like Simon yes. Birch, yeah, for sure. Is, yes. it, is it sadder than Racing Stripes? <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a good segue. <laughs> I would say yes, probably sadder than Racing Stripes. Racing Stripes is so hopeful. Aw. <laughs> Um, I watched Racing Stripes. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Connection. I'd never seen Connection. it before. Really? You'd never yes. seen it? Connect. Um, yeah, no, I had never I had never seen it. Oh, it's so good. Well It was really good. Um there is a are you talking about Frankie Muniz? Yes, yes. Frankie Muniz as the voice of Racing Stripes. I don't know what's his name. Stripes. Stripes. Yeah, stripes. stripes. Stripes, the little the uh, quick uh synopsis. Racing Stripes is about a zebra who believes he's a horse and he wants to be like a racehorse beautiful <laughs> right that I mean that sums it up I think um quite a cast Frankie Muniz as we mentioned Mandy Moore as herself uh she plays Sandy <laughs> <laughs> she does the voice of Sandy who's like a sexy horse of course that has a crush on stripes um Jeff Foxworthy Snoop Dogg Steve Harvey David Spade Whoopi Goldberg uh Dustin Hoffman, Michael Rosenbaum, and huge for the both of us, and I wasn't, I did not know, Joshua Jackson. Really? Yes. Aww. He's the voice of Trenton's Pride, the best racehorse, and he's like kind of a bully <gasps> to stripes. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Drama. One love interest bullying uh, another? Did you know that when Hayden was filming this movie, she was thrown off the zebra? And she 
wound up in the hospital with a concussion, whiplash, and two damaged vertebrae? No. <laughs> I did not know that. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. I think zebras just aren't meant to be ridden. Yeah. Does she, does, does she ride him often? Is that a big part of the movie? Yeah, she's like the the rider. She's the one who's like, I think Stripes can do it. Stripes can like be a racehorse. She's and the her jockey. dad used to. Yeah, that's the word. There you go, jockey. Um, her dad used to train racehorses, and her mom died in a horse like accident. Oh God! So he doesn't want her riding horses or zebras. Well, how did the zebra come to be? The zebra was abandoned by like a circus crew too many circuses in this episode way too many circuses (laughs) that's the subtitle of the episode too many circuses there is a circus plot line Um, in heroes too like it's oh my god it's really bad how many times can we say circus like let's try to keep bringing those circus connections (laughs) (laughs) like a circus um i also wrote in my notes Hope would probably think there's something weird going on between this girl and her zebra. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, aren't they, like, kind of, like, flirty? <laughs> but, I mean, isn't isn't he I, into her? No? No, he's into Sandy, the sexy horse played by Mandy Moore. But they do, like, she really, she's got, like, a deep understanding, you know? Like, she gets him. Mm. Do you, th- okay. And he loves her. What do you think came first? The resurgence of... Um, zebra print like being a popular fashion trend or racing mm-hmm. stripes oh you think one may have yeah. influenced the uh-huh. other like did racing stripes really put zebra stripes on the map or was it vice versa did they see because it has to be one or the other this is the time <laughs> for zebra there's no content. way this is a coincidence it can't be yeah what a good question and I wish I had done a little bit more research so I could tell you the answer. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm basically Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada with the cerulean blue. Cerulean. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Wow. Wait, one more thing about zebra print is I recently uh-huh. found out, like, you know how certain diseases have colors that represent them? Like, breast cancer yes. has pink, blah, blah, blah. Recently found out that, like, my immune disorder, our color is just zebra print <laughs> do you think maybe they just ran out of colors i think they might have for you? but then they were like oh it's because if there's like an old proverb for doctors that it's like when you hear hoof prints or when you yeah see hoof prints think horses not zebras where it's like don't oh. overcomplicate things but then in our case because it's so like rare and random it's so complicated it's like yeah oh no they're the zebras like they're the weird ones Okay, that's actually so cute. I know. So, but it does make sense because when I like started doing my immune globulin treatment, okay, shout out to all of our uh, chronic illness girlies out there. <laughs> they sent it to me with a like zebra fanny pack, like to hold it because it was like a it was a um, pump. But I had like a zebra mm-hmm. fanny pack pump, and I did had no idea that it was like the color. I love that, though. I'm going to get you so much zebra print stuff. No. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be your new thing. It, I guess it'll have to be. It just, like, there was just, like, a group of popular girls in sixth grade at my school who wore a lot of zebra print. And for me, it'll always mm-hmm. be their thing. 
And you wouldn't want to step on any toes. No. I'm sure they're still wearing... Or any hooves, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> and I'm I'm sure they're still rocking their zebra print. And would it would be just a fashion no-no if I were to show up at a completely different state, place, and, and wear the same thing. And somehow they'd know. Mm-hmm. They could feel it, you know? I was never a zebra print girl, but I was a big pink and green girl. That checks that, that was my thing yeah those were my colors that tracks I could see that like a maybe a little argyle am I insane I don't think I ever wore argyle I was a, I was a big tomboy well I mean like a backpack design not like a shirt mm. but also I'm thinking like Mindy from Drake and Josh type argyle where it's like oh that was really cute mm-hmm. layered yeah I definitely had yeah, the layered puppy, look just like a mm-hmm. yeah layers were big yeah, that's my story, and that I'm sticking to it. Got no shame. Well, does Hayden have a love interest in racing stripes? Because I'm curious. No. Okay. So it's so it is Frankie not, Nunez. Definitely not, <laughs> not stripes. Not her zebra. Mm. No, she's young. She is. Okay. How old and is she? Fourteen. Well, this came out in 2005, so I guess she would have turned 16 this year. Okay. But it came out so yeah, 14, 15. Um. It's a lot of her and her dad. Cute. You know, there, there's not a ton. Of mo- there's, it's mostly animals. It's mostly talking animals. Yeah, I as remember, as the like, laughing go. at some, like, f- horse flies. Yeah, David Spade. I think there's a part where the uh, flies in the coffee and it, like, farts. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. So good. Can't do better It was than in that. the trailer, too. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, like, farts and, like, propels itself around the coffee. Does that ring any bells? No. <laughs> but it's kind of funny that, like, Hayden's not the one doing the voice acting in this movie. Yeah, she's the real She's the girl. The real girl. Yeah, it is. I guess that is interesting. She does. She did a lot of voice acting at this point. But a lot of face acting, too. <laughs> and body acting. Body acting, face acting. Face acting. Horse acting. Stuff like that. <laughs> Horse acting. Um, that's all I got on Racing Stripes. That's fine. Honestly, that felt like okay. too much. <laughs> and it was mostly me Cut some of that out, talking you? about my connection with zebra print. <laughs> that's a good. That's good, though. When else are you going to get to talk about that? It's not like we have a lot of zebra movies coming Exactly. Up. Yeah, I had to bring it up right, right then. Right. I'm glad you did. Um, also in 2005... Hayden Panettiere returned to Law & Order SVU as a completely different character. <gasps> the range. <laughs> I know. So if you remember last time, in 2001, she played Ashley. Mm-hmm. Now, in 2005, in season six, episode 15, she plays Angela. <gasps> and she's in high school. Well, Ashley would never go to high school. Mm-mm. <laughs> So Angela's best friend, Lisa, was killed. Okay. She had her cousin's ID on her to make her look older. Um, so it took it, you know, but it turns out she was only in, in high school. Um, she used to get into clubs. They both slept around a lot. It was kind of their thing. Remember um, in the early 2000s when parents were really scared of like sex bracelets? Yes. I, that may have come from this episode. I've never actually heard it 
taken as seriously as this episode. <laughs> Cause the girls were into sex bracelets. Okay, I will say I when I was a new kid in two thousand eight in I was in eighth oh, no. grade in Vermont, like the sex bracelets were a thing and I was like no, they weren't really. Yeah, they were for for a set group of people. My eighth grade was so weird. It was like half of was the it class. The zebra print girls. Ha- no, no, that's different school. Oh, half yeah. of the class was like sex bracelets, rock and roll, alcohol poisoning, really like sad, weird stuff, like sleeping with like high schoolers and stuff. And I'm like, girls, we're twelve. Some of us are thirteen, but right. for the most part, we're twelve. Yeah. Like. Um, and then the other half was like very like purity culture, uh, very into this like mega church in town. And then they just like put me right in between. And you had to pick. And I had to pick. So I was going to youth group. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to youth group. And my mom was like, I don't really believe in this church. Like they had some problematic views. And I was like, Mom, I am here. <laughs> To socialize. Like, I'm all about I it. I know. I'm here to socialize. <laughs> like, I'm here to not Amen. get the sex bracelets. Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah. You're like, Mom, do you want to know what my other option is? <laughs> it's. <laughs> I'm joining the mega church cult, okay? <laughs> my mom, like, wouldn't let me get a purity um, ring. She was like, we don't believe that. <laughs> good for her. Yeah. Good for y'all. That's good. Progressive. I definitely had one. Yeah. Well, you're Catholic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it turns out that these girls were Angela and Lisa Hayden Pentier and her best friend were doing like, <laughs> it's like it's really not funny um they were doing sex acts like four things so they were like getting with the manager of this clothing store because he would like give them clothes mm, yeah like yeah that's really happening <laughs> yeah and Lisa the girl who died she um was in dabbled in adult content my god she did porn she yeah. was doing porn my god and i know terrible and they're like um, 16 so that's child terrible that she's literally a child yeah, yeah so yeah, that's yeah, child like exactly. pornography oh my god horrible okay exactly and um she basically convinced hayden penetier to do like a sex tape with her uh-huh. And this guy. Um, and so Hayden ends up killing the porn director to, like, get... Oh, no, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, 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 not the porn director, not the porn director. So Lisa, the one that died, she was in a relationship with a doctor. Okay? Whoa. A married doctor, I know. That's disgusting. Um, okay. Yeah, disgusting. And, like, her doctor. he She had HIV, and um, he was, like, her her doctor. Um, My God, this was just scaring our parents so badly. For this, they is got like, they. I know, and they got they fit so much into this like forty five minutes. Yeah, of what? Like it just kept going. There was so much, um, but Hayden ends up killing the doctor because he had the tape that they had made, and she was like embarrassed and was kind of guilted into doing it by her friend, and so she killed him to like get the tape. <sighs> really complicated things, though. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Wait, how did the friend die? The friend was killed by... Who did kill her? I don't remember. (laughs) That's such a good question. And it was just so much happened. So, like, yeah, this episode Um, could have been them solving 
her friend's murder, but then it was just actually revealing that Hayden was a murderer as well, but not even of well, her friend. He, the doctor ended up dying way later on, and they thought that it was Lisa's dad who had killed him, like, out of yeah, revenge. spite, obviously, yeah. like, really exactly. And so it was, like, a big twist, but towards the end of the episode that it was, like, actually Hayden who did it. Wow. I know. It was a ride. It sounds like it. it. So it's, yeah, that could have been a whole movie. It sounds like it's a Lifetime movie. This is like, Law and Order is insane. I don't know how they do it. I guess Law and Order kind of is Lifetime movie vibes. Or rather, Lifetime movie probably gets a lot of inspiration from Law and Order. Yeah, I think Law and Order gets too much credit, honestly. Also in this episode was Peter Herman from Younger. Mm Mm-hmm. And he is, of course, married to Mariska Hargitay. So he's been in a lot of episodes of Law & Order SVU, but he was in this one with Hayden. So another Hillary connection. Does he play the same character? Yeah, he's like a lawyer. Okay. So he comes and goes, and I think he was defending one of the bad ones, one of the bad guys. Yeah, well. In this episode. Everyone has a right to a defense. And everyone has a right to be on their wife's tv show exactly so couldn't have said it better myself i've always said that (laughs) i stand by that well speaking of like lifetime movies hayden was also in a movie called lies my mother told me which we have found nowhere we cannot find it nowhere no and i there's another lifetime movie called lies my mother told me yeah and I started watching that, and I was like, this looks too modern. And then it had the girl from uh, Outer Banks in it. Mm. And I was like, oh, this isn't right. This is not This is not what I'm looking for. I found a um, trailer, and I posted the trailer online. And then someone on TikTok mm-hmm. was like, oh, I loved this movie. And I was like, tell me everything. Like, I can't find yeah. it. Um, she never replied. They didn't get back to you? Didn't get back They're to busy. me. It's okay. But it does seem to be, like, about, like, her mom is, like, living a bunch of secret lives. Yes. So, I can tell you uh, that it's based on a true story. The murder of Larry McNabney. McNabney. Too many consonants in that name. Yeah. Um, but he was murdered by his wife. And it was discovered after he died that she had served time before for fraud and identity theft and was, like, living under a false identity when she married and killed this guy. So is this was this Hayden's father or, like, Hayden's, like, stepdad or, like, mom's boyfriend? Hayden's father. Okay. It seems. I, didn't again, didn't yeah, watch again, the movie. Yeah, again, it's impossible And also <laughs> am not sure, like, how closely it follows the story. I mean, it is, like, it is they are these characters it's not just like inspired by this story um but yeah hayden is the daughter Haley, whose mom was a murderer allegedly she ended up dying before trial Mm, so there's a lot of by her own hand so yeah so there's a lot left unanswered Mm -hmm. yeah but that's what i know about lies my mother told me (laughs) well (laughs) Anyway, <laughs> we tried, you guys. We really did. We tried. If if you were the person who commented, get back to me. Yeah. Why were why they ignore you like that? I don't know. They probably have a life. They could have been on a world famous podcast. Yeah. This could have been your big break. We're huge in Belgium. <laughs> we are. 
Shout out to our Belgium if listeners. If you're the one person in Belgium who keeps downloading episodes, thank you. We love you. We love you so much. You're our favorite. You are. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. We don't have favorites. You're all our favorites. Everyone listening is our favorite. I just realized maybe I can't wink. You can't see. She's winking. I I just realized seeing myself wink in this Zoom, maybe I can't actually wink. I mean, regardless, a podcast is not the place to learn. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You look good. You look good. You're winking. Thank you. I knew what you were going for. Yeah. Uh, Probably the most exciting thing that that Hayden was in in 2005, at least from my perspective, would be Ice Princess. And iconic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It It was an iconic one. I love this movie. I love, I mean, you watched it recently. Do you want to talk about I did. it? Sure. Um, Ice Princess is about Michelle Trachtenberg. She is a physics whiz. Yeah. And in order to get a scholarship to go to Harvard, she does a project about figure skating and seeing basically if she can apply the rules of physics to these elite figure skaters and improve their skill mm-hmm. um, and then she ends up sort of applying these things herself as someone who isn't a professional figure skater yeah just someone who grew and up like pond skating in her backyard with her mother John Cusack exactly. <laughs> uh, she ends up loving it and being really really good at it and then her mom really wants her to go to Harvard but she really wants to become an Olympian <laughs> I will say this is the first time I watched it where I kind of agreed with Joan Cusack. <laughs> She's like, you can't just abandon everything you've done and go be a figure skater now. I agree. I have, I have to say, it's like Hayden's role in this movie is she's the like, oh, yeah. the coaches, the, the figure skating coach's daughter. The figure skating coach is obviously Kim Cattrall from Sex and the City. Um, and she was supposed to like be in the Olympics herself, and what was it that she have an injury or did she just become pregnant? She's supposed to be loosely based on Tanya Harding, um, and so she got kicked out Ooh. of the Olympics and she couldn't compete anymore or of like professional figure skating. Mm-hmm. So she's putting and so now all this pressure on her daughter Hayden. Who actually exactly. is like not that passionate about figure skating. I think she would just rather be a normal teenager. Yeah. And by the end of the film, she leaves figure skating. She doesn't want to do it anymore. She just quits. Which is good for her. The whole thing is about, it's very much like, I'm not, I'm not giving up my dream. I'm giving up yours. Yes. Ugh. Michelle Trachtenberg almost says that exact line to her mom. How many times has that line been used in I'm sure there's a supercut somewhere. Like, uh, I'm, I'd love to high see school it. musical. Like it's just everywhere. I yeah. think that Michelle Trachtenberg is the worst part of this movie. I even as a kid, it bothered me so much. I was like, it does not make sense that you're just because you understand it doesn't mean you can physically do it as quickly and as easily as all of those people who've been training since they were like three. I mean. She, I am willing to like suspend disbelief that she is this soup has the supernatural like figure skating talent. I can like kind of get on board with that, but just she does, she knows so little about the world that it's hard for me to believe that she could be successful in it just because 
she has no idea what she's doing. Yeah, it's like at least research. You know what I mean? It. Like not even the skill. Yeah, exactly. But like there's one point where Kim Cattrall buys her new skates, which she thinks is like a really nice thing to do, but it ends up hurting her because she hasn't broken in her skates yet and she does really poorly at competition. And it's like, baby girl, those are the kinds of things. It's like you're too naive for this world. <laughs> They're going to chew you up and spit you out. <laughs> You're like, this ice skating rink isn't big enough for the both of us. <laughs> I love movies about ice um, skating, though. Like, I love them. I just... Yeah. She just bothered me in it. <laughs> the character. Yeah. The character. Absolutely. I I totally get that. Um, I also saw recently a lot of people talking about Ice Princess because of the way it talks about, like, diets for these girls oh, really? and stuff. Because there's a lot of talk of, like, they're on really restrictive diets and things like that. Um, there's a part where Hayden Panettiere orders a salad and she asks for a quarter cup of, che- of cheese. And the other girls are, like, shaming her. And she's like, it's Saturday. I can pig out if I want to. Oh, my God. And we're watching this when we're, like, children. Literally, we're, like, 11 years old. And that's the messaging that we're and we're getting, you know. A, a lot of Hayden's lines are are like this in lots of different media that we've seen her in yeah it's so true it was like not just nobody like thought about it that way I think when we were younger because it's like these girls are elite athletes they probably do have to have really strict diets but then to say that eating a quarter cup of cheese is like pigging out there's not even dressing on this salad (laughs) yeah and also I just hate it I think it like perpetuates this like pick me culture where it's like I'm not like other girls who only eat salads it's like yeah with women in food in the media it's like we demonize these people who are on these restrictive diets and we act like it's so embarrassing of them to like be trying to be thin Meanwhile, we love the thin characters. We demand that they're thin. And then we have all the... And you have to be, like, a thin character who, like, pigs out in front of boys all the time for them to be like, wow, you're, like, a real girl. Or you're not like other girls. And it's like, that that doesn't exist. Like, Rory and Lorelai, like, their eating habits, like, that's not healthy. They eat so much candy. Mm -hmm. There's also, like, this idea that if you have requests or like strict dietary needs that you have to follow that you're somehow high maintenance yes and I think that also comes from the media yes like if you can't have gluten or dairy and you have they have to make special exceptions for you at a restaurant it's like you get the sense that you should be embarrassed by that yeah or that you are like a burden it's a punchline because you can't have certain things it's a punchline people make fun of it all the time and like I've recently been on a very restrictive diet, uh, hashtag low FODMAP, and eat. Shout out. I do feel embarrassed, and it's like, yeah. I, I know that I don't need to, but I do feel like, I'm like, oh, I, I'm gluten-free, and then also I can't have this, and I can't have this, and I'm like, I'm on a diet, and I'm like, for my doctor, like, but it's also none mm-hmm. of your business, like, people have- Exactly. Yeah, people have restrictive needs, and then it to be- yeah to be demonized like they're you know the girl from a cinderella story is just can we Mm -hmm. be done with that exactly (laughs) Mm -hmm. i think that we're heading that way there's a lot a lot of people now are like don't you know yeah i hear all the time like don't comment on people's bodies and it's kind of the same thing it's like we don't there's no need in this movie for there to be 
talk of what people are eating or not eating. Yeah, you know, it's like, are you just trying have to any f- bearing on the plot? Are you trying to fill up dialogue? Like, right? Like, reveal something more interesting. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. Um, this movie also has an incredible soundtrack. Um, Hayden Panettiere has a song. Raven Simone, who we've talked about on this pod, yeah, she's got a song. Uh, Jump Five, Ali and AJ, Jesse McCartney, and there's a song called If I Had It My Way by Emma Roberts, who would go on to star with Hayden Panettiere in Scream 4. So fun little connection there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They'll reunite. And I know that like Hayden and Raven are friends. We we have pictures of them like going to each other's premieres and like even Raven's yep. being like, oh, I remember that because that's Hayden's thing. So it's like there was, a, there was a relationship there. That's so cute. I wonder if they've kept in touch all these years later. I mean, it's natural to, like, not, you know, people go their own way. But mm. it'd be fun. Gotta go my own way. We got a little way. reunion. Yeah. <laughs> Another, oh, one more fun fact. If I can just share a pure fun fact about this movie. This better be fun. It's pretty fun. Both of the mother-daughter duos, Jane Cusack and Michelle Trachtenberg, and then Kim Cattrall, also How I Met Your Father, another Hillary connection, and Hayden Panettiere share the same birthday what so Joan Cusack and Michelle Trachtenberg are both I think October 11th and then Hayden and Kim Cattrall are both August 21st that is so weird and random is that fun enough that is really that was that was pure fun Woo! (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was a fun one that was really (laughs) good had to get that in there oh my god that's really good Wow. <laughs> okay. Do you want to talk about Kingdom Hearts 2? <laughs> yeah, I do. And guess what? Hayden voiced her probably same character. One of the uh, princesses that was mentioned in the opening. One of the princesses? In the intro. Um, oh, I see. I She's Princess she Ky- Oh, Princess Kyrie. Kyrie? Yeah. So you say it. She's played three princesses and three cheerleaders princess dot princess Kyrie, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and i was not counting ice princess because she's not actually a princess <laughs> and i think michelle trachtenberg is the princess in that yeah i think so too i think that's who they're referring to but it's definitely misleading would it be really funny if we tried like a campaign to get michelle trachtenberg recognized as a disney princess <laughs> Michelle Trachtenberg is one of these people that, like, I think we might be friends someday. Hmm. (laughs) Like, if our paths cross at the right point in our lives, we could be friends. Yeah, like if you guys were in a yoga class together. Yeah. And I'd be like, I love Harriet the Spy. (laughs) (laughs) That's me when I see... um... (laughs) Shoot, uh, Jennifer Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Cadet Captain Jennifer Stone or Jennifer Stone from Wizards of Waverly Place? The latter. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, she voices her character again. I. That's really all I have to yeah. say. But And that's all you got to say. In 2006, uh, she's in a show called Commander-in-Chief. Paige, have you ever seen Commander-in-Chief? 
Never even heard of it. I mean, I've heard of the commander in chief, like the president, but I don't know the show. <laughs> it's okay. I'm relieved to hear that you know what the president is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just wanted to make that clear. Okay, well, I'll tell you about it. Okay. Okay. Commander in chief is an American political drama um, that focused on Mackenzie Allen, who is portrayed by Gina Davis, and she's the first oh. female president of the United States. And she, like, becomes president because she's the vice president and the president dies suddenly. So it's about her suddenly just, like, becoming president. Okay. And that's the show. Gotcha. There's, like... Cool. We've got um, Donald Sutherland and some other names that I don't recognize. His is the only name I really really recognize. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I would watch a show about Gina Davis being president. That sounds awesome. Right? Um, so Hayden Panettiere is in one episode called The Wind Beneath My Wings. And uh, we know that she plays Stacy. It's We don't know too much about... Stacy. 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 Stacy is a high school junior who is running for a student body president so she reaches out to the commander-in-chief you know the president of the united states for tips i made that up i don't know is that true i have no idea oh i was like oh okay because i do have an episode um like oh okay how about you read that (laughs) i thought it'd be better just for me to guess (laughs) The thing is, is that they don't actually say, like, who she is, and I can't find the episode anywhere. So I was like, she could have been a ju- like a, a high yeah, school you're junior. saying I could be right. This is, this is what we have. Um, Air Force One, we know that's the plane that the president is yeah. on, uh, is held hostage by a man who demands speaks with the president, or he's going to, like, blow up the plane. Oh, and okay. that's all we really know. And the man is not named Stacy. The man is not named Stacy. It's looking less and less likely that this is about a high school election. I know. Sorry about that. It's a big bummer. That's okay. That'll be my spec script for Commander in Chief. I just really want to know who Hayden is in this. Like, I don't. I don't think she would have just been on Air Force One. Maybe if we make a TikTok about it, someone will say, "Oh, I've seen that." That's my favorite episode of my favorite show. And then we'll get some answers. Episode eleven of Wind Beneath My Wings. <laughs> um, premiered January 24th, 2006 Yeah, I know what Hayden did <laughs> What were you doing January 24th, 2006? I was watching Wind Beneath My Wings <laughs> My favorite episode of Commander-in-Chief um, <laughs> Also in 2006, Hayden Panettiere was in a odd, a very odd indie movie called The Good Student Which I apparently had watched before. Oh. If you are a listener of this pod, you know that I have a list of every single movie I've ever seen and what year I watched it. And I guess I watched this one in 2017. I think that's when I was going through a big John Gallagher Jr. phase and watched every movie John Gallagher Jr. was in, including The Good Student. Couldn't tell you who John Gallagher Jr. was if I had a gun to my head. He was in the original cast of Spring Awakening. Does that ring any bells? I mean, I... <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's niche. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I love him. I think he's great. Um, 
I watched I think every single movie he's been in. He's only been in like ten movies, and I think I've seen them all. He was in Short Term Twelve. Is that what that is one. that what you do if you really like an actor? You'll just watch every single movie they've been in in a like in a row. Yeah, I think that was kind of the inspiration for this podcast, even. <laughs> Yeah, I I'm not trying to that. shame you. I'm just like I <laughs> No. I do absolutely do that. Yeah. Even for um, people people like John Gallagher Jr. who don't necessarily yes. have a big fan base. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not a big fan base, but I am a part of it. And yeah, the president, I think of it most likely. <laughs> it really I think it really started cuz I was watching Hush, which is like a scary movie. And the bad guy, I was like, that guy looks so much like John Gallagher Jr. I was like, that's crazy. He just looks so much like him. And it turns out it was him. I was like, wow, that is just how talented he is. I didn't even recognize him. (laughs) So that's when I wanted to just seek out everything I could. But you did recognize him because you thought this looks like John Gallagher Jr. I didn't think it was actually him, though. I just thought it was a guy who looked like him. Mm Mm-hmm. But acted so different and stalked a woman at her home. Like, John Gallagher Jr. would never do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I do go through phases with, like, media. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah, for sure. You just find, like, a comfort character or a comfort actor. Yes. Or, like, when I watched all the zombie movies, for example. In the Um, neurodivergent world, we refer to that as hyperfixating. Or a hyperfixation. Maybe I do that. Can I do that without being neurodivergent? Probably. I don't know if I, maybe I am neurodivergent. I'm sure that people probably think... hyperfixate even if they don't have ADHD. Right. Okay. I think that I do that. <laughs> I hope people maybe come I have at ADHD. us. ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. Am I going to get canceled for that? No, because I have ADHD and I'm the one who brought it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I have friends who have ADHD. <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> Oh, no. Okay, what's the good Um, student about? So, uh, gosh, well, it's about a teacher who has an affinity for his student. No. He has, yeah, he has, he doesn't cross the line that we see, but he definitely has, like, a crush on Hayden Penetier, and then she goes missing. (gasps) And to add just another layer of ickiness to it, I did not realize when I watched this in 2017, or I would not have watched it again, I'm sure, but it was produced by Kevin Spacey. So it's like not necessarily saying that it's like a bad thing to have a crush on your student. If you, I'm not saying that's Kevin Spacey's doing, but I didn't get that vibe anyway. But was that the vibe in the movie that it was like? But that's the vibe in the movie. Is that it's actually not a bad thing to have a crush on your student, even if they go missing? It kind it. He was he was there. Every almost every man in this movie is in a relationship with an underage child, like underage girl. And it's like revealed as the movie goes on. It's like more and more adult men are revealed to be in relationships with like teenagers. And is the point like, see, it, we all do it. It walks the line. There's not like a lesson of like, and this is why you shouldn't date kids. But <laughs> it's not like, it's not outwardly saying like, this is a good thing. But it's not like, it's, it's, it, it's not a full endorsement, but it's not a full condemnation either. 
Yeah, pretty much. Weird. That's just how it felt. Yeah. Weird. So, so who did kill didn't her? Didn't love that. Or is she is she dead? She was just kidnapped. Yeah, she gets she gets um uncovered. What she gets returned. <laughs> she gets given back. Rescued, discovered, um found. And it's sort of implied at the end, I guess, that the teacher did do it. Even though he's like the protagonist of the movie and we're like seeing everything through his eyes, there's like one little moment at the end that it's like, oh, so you did you did have her all along. It was really it was not a great movie. It was not well done. <laughs> I didn't love it. This is horrific. This sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Um, sounds also like cast pro was- <laughs> pro kidnapping pedophiles. I mean, it's just it walked the line a little too much for my yeah because comfort it, level yeah because we're always going to be anti pedophiles and anti kidnapping always pretty much hundred percent of the time yeah pretty much don't actually need very to comfortable see saying, their yeah. perspective <laughs> right yeah exactly so it's a little uncomfy um, Kevin Spacey like not even being discreet I know well that's always like when things are discovered about people and you like look back at whatever they've made a lot of the times it's like oh it was like right in front of us yeah dan schneider being a great example yeah it's like were we just like willfully ignorant you know it was it was right in front of our face right yeah so this just felt like that a little bit Ugh. why even Mm -hmm. agree to do that project hayden i don't know and it was like filmed really like it didn't look good either like it just everything about it was like maybe don't do this one but they can't all be gems that's true all right well the architect (laughs) yeah tell us what you know about the architect almost nothing except for that one of the guys who's in it paul james is uh in greek he played calvin in greek (gasps) Which one's Calvin? Um, Rusty's best friend and the yeah. guy's like sorority or fraternity little brother. Aww. Yeah, he's Viola Davis's son in this movie, and oh my gosh, he was good in Greek. Greek was so good. Can we talk about how good Greek was? Like everyone was good in Greek. Yeah, and when we get to bring it on all or nothing, we can talk about it again. <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't actually watch The Architect, so you might need to fill us in. Don't you have a little bio somewhere? Oh, yeah. I also didn't watch it, but I'm ready. It does look good. I just ran out of time. Yeah, no, exactly. Hey, like, like, we can't watch everything. You know, I watched The Good Student. I watched. (laughs) If I knew, like, if I could pick and choose, I wouldn't have watched that. Yeah, and I watched four seasons of Heroes. Like, we all make mistakes. (laughs) We've done our best. That's all that needs to be said. Okay. <clears throat> it is a 2006 American drama film uh, based on a play. And it's about an architect named Leo who is confronted by angry residents of a housing complex he designed. The buildings have created a culture of crime in the neighborhood, and the residents want them pulled down. Mm. It first premiered at Tribeca Film Festival and had a limited release in the United States in 2006. Yeah, it sounds good. Like it's it seems it seems like a good movie. Viola Davis is in it, so you know it's good. Viola Davis, Sebastian Stan, Walter Walton Goggins. 
um, yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good cast. And, of course, Paul James. And if anyone out there is passionate about The Architect and would like to come back and be a guest on our The Architect episode. Put it on TikTok. See who loves The Architect. It'll be great. Um, As of right now, it has a rating of 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. I just saw that. So maybe we didn't have to watch it. Oh, yeah. 11's not good. It cost $10 million to make. Really? And it made 13000 at the box office. Why would it cost $10 million? Money goes so fast in yeah. filmmaking. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, budget. <laughs> yeah. Budget better. Budget better. Budget better. Um, How about Bring It On? The most exciting, best movie that we have in 2006 yeah how about bring it on <laughs> i mean hayden plays the lead in this installment of the bring it on franchise and essentially her name is Brittany. Brittany allen she is the queen bee of her high school she's cheerleading captain and then we find out together that her dad has lost his job and he has to move immediately to like a different high school district for her and not just like a town over but like across California or to Crenshaw I believe and it's like she goes from being in like a well-to-do like preppy neighborhood and being the captain of the team to then moving to like more of um like an inner city school where there's like security guards when you go in every day and not only is she not on the cheerleading team but she has no friends and people are like mean to her at first and they're like what are you doing here white girl and then she like accidentally insults them and makes it worse so we've got Solange Knowles yeah it's funny she's credited in, in the movie as Solange Knowles Smith and then Francia Raisa is also credited in the movie with a different name. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like her. Really? I guess uh, Raisa is like her middle name. So it, her longer name was like Almanderas. So they oh, both had wow, different I didn't realize um, that. like crediting than what we're used to seeing them as. I always think of Solange Knowles as Solange Knowles Smith. And I think it's because I the first thing I saw her in was Bring It On. So I always, like, think of that as her name. But I think she is just yes. Solange Knowles Do you now, think that you just she? think that because your name is Smith? I don't know. Probably not, though. I don't think of all no. Smiths okay. as, Well, like, I would me. just think that it would be easier to remember if it's your last name. But maybe. Yeah. No, it, it might very well have something oh, to do with it. Oh, this is kind of a fun little connection right here. I'm just putting this together. Um, the guy who plays her boyfriend... Uh, Brad Warner. His, it's Jake McDorman, and we know him from Greek. That's what I was saying. When we get to bring it on, we'll oh, talk more about well, Greek. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's also the lifeguard from Aquamarine. <gasps> really? Now that's mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> I said that's so like weird. <laughs> now that's, now that's fun. fun. We, um, We'll also talk more about Bring It On, All or Nothing, in a special mm-hmm. episode. So stay tuned yes. for that. 
We'll get into a lot more detail. We'll talk about the whole Bring It On franchise. Yeah. We're very excited. It's going to be We're a whole We're going into every detail. And just so you guys don't think I forgot, I'm not going to forget to mention Giovanni Samuels, who is one of the uh, like friends of Solange and Francia. And you guys would probably recognize her as Mr. Mosby's niece. Nia Mosby. Yes. Yes. She was also in That's So Raven and Raven's And Home. all that. Yes. She is great. She's very yeah. funny. She's one of those people where you know that you know her. Yes. Absolutely. Um, uh, also one of the, the um, Ren Stevens' best friend from Even Stevens. He's in it. What's his oh, name? Oh, yeah. Um, so that guy's yeah. in it. Yeah. It, but... Again, we're going to have a, <laughs> a full bring it on breakdown episode. But we just have too yeah. much too much other Hayden content to cover. And like this, yeah, needs to be its whole episode. Yeah. Exactly. So we're just wetting the palette right now. And we will um, get a lot more into it coming soon so keep an eye out for um, that. hey guys is your palette wet <laughs> amazing we have an episode for you <laughs> is that right wet your palette yeah, yeah wet, no it is right? it is it's just definitely sounds it wrong. sounds it sounds wrong but it you know it's right yeah unfortunately unfortunately <laughs> well let me tell you about a show called skater boy if you don't mind. Oh, yeah. I'm dying to hear about this. If you don't mind. It's been hard to find a lot of info about the show Skater Boy, but I do have a synopsis that I would be thrilled to read to you. Okay, okay. let's hear it. In a teen-oriented spinoff of the skater punk movie Grind, starring Adam Brody, Richard L. Fox takes the franchise into the world of television. Influenced by the original movie and the hit song by Avril Lavigne, it captures the raw emotions of high school from the skater teen perspective. Think Grind meets the OC, and these kids have to <laughs> master the ultimate trick. And it's not the 360 bunny hop twirl, it's high school. Grind meets the OC is so funny because... It's one Adam Brody project meets another. Literally. Literally. Someone just loves Adam Brody. And it's about like real high school students like trying to like go pro with um, skating. But guess who mm -hmm. it stars? Avril Lavigne. No. Adam Brody. <laughs> no. Another great, another great guess. Who? Kirsten who Storms. No way! Yes. Oh, and this is really fun. Oh I should make you guess. I should make you guess this um, because I had you guess her counterpart the other day. And oh, you just yeah. brought up a movie that she was in. Um, but I'll give you a, a clue and say that this actress famously replaced another actress on a Disney Channel original movie franchise. Uh, Sarah yes. Paxton. That was so smart. That of was me. so smart. I feel like a genius right now. I feel like Jimmy Neutron when he's like brain blast. <laughs> I just had a brain blast. <laughs> Your brain blast was very impressive. Oh, Sinead Grimes is in it too. Um, oh wow! I don't know. Hayden plays Cassidy Parker number two, 
Uh, and that's all we know. Of. Number two? There's two Cassidy I see, Parkers? I don't know why they have number two. Oh, no one else's okay. character has a number next to it. Cassidy Parker is a high school junior who wants to be elected class president. So she calls <laughs> upon the skaters, <laughs> the skater clique. Adam Brody. <laughs> this was, I guess, like Lords of Dogtown, like a lot of skateboard content around this time. I think skateboarding was pretty hot in 2005, It was. Brink? <laughs> yeah. Or as I like to call it, Skater Boy brisk. by Avril Lavigne. <laughs> never forget that you called it brisk brisk oh i wish i do want to find this it does seem really interesting and i love that kirsten storms i can just see her in that role yeah absolutely xenon as a skater please um i know that we said we were going to get to heroes in this episode but should we start with heroes next time i think we have to start with heroes next time i think we have to sorry guys guys we're just having so much fun talking about Hayden. I don't think this is ever going to end. <laughs> it really, yeah, it is. And we've gotten like two years further in her uh, <laughs> film career. It's like every episode we get through like two years. She just, but it's, hey, it's okay. She packs a lot into into her years. So we have she to does. do so much, like, you know, just so much talking. And do you know who makes the rules for this podcast? Who? We do. We do. So if you don't like it, listeners, <laughs> go somewhere else. No, come back, guys, please. No, I back. know. I can't. Just, come back. Don't go anywhere else. We love you Especially so you, Belgium. Come back. <laughs> Belgium. Belgium, don't do this to us, baby. Belgium is known for waffles and being huge History Duff fans. <laughs> yes. And we love you both. Is that offensive to bring up the waffle thing? No, I don't think so. But Okay. They probably love it. We right? only know one person to ask. And it's our Belgium listener. So if you could write into historyduffspod at gmail.com, we would love yeah. that. We would give you a shout out. We're doing this for you. We are. It's all for you. It's all for Mystery you. Mystery fan. <laughs> well, I'm Hope Carew. I'm Paige Smith. And this has been History Duffs Presents Hayden Penetier Part 4. No regret this. <laughs> <laughs>